Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. I have my guest host with me today, Justin, and our amazing guest, friend, and colleague, Steve Perchikoff from Art of Sales Academy. Steve, introduce yourself. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and great pronunciation of my <laughs> Ooh, I, I tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not everybody nails it. So, uh, yeah, my name is Steven Perchkov. I have a uh, sales consultancy and uh, LinkedIn agency called Art of Sales Academy. My background is uh, essentially in helping B2B businesses generate more opportunities and sales. Um, my career has primarily been growing technology startups and implementing a lot of the strategies that I do now for you guys and for a lot of my clients with them. And that's where I got my background initially. And uh, yeah, for most of my clients, we're essentially the agency that helps them put appointments on their calendar with LinkedIn, consults them on LinkedIn and, and helps them close those leads and opportunities as well. And that's what I like what you just mentioned too, is it's not like you're like a LinkedIn guy, like your background really is in like helping SaaS-based companies, tech-based companies really scale. And you've been tremendous help, I know, with our agency and obviously the clients that we do this for better understand what their sales funnel process needs to look like, defining their messaging, all of that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit kind of how you got into this world. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, there was always this, uh, I, was, I had an entrepreneurial streak in me, always interested in technology and the kinds of companies that I was attracted and drawn to in my career early on were early stage startups, just small teams, 10, 15 people, sometimes even smaller, new technologies. That was what fascinated me. Of course, the challenge in environments like that is that you're essentially evangelizing a new thing that no one's ever heard of, that companies don't have budgets for, and you don't have a marketing team to support you. So one of the most difficult things to get started and to get the ground running with. And when I started, I, I saw that a lot of my colleagues, a lot of you know folks with more experience than I did, were calling people, messaging people, sending one-off emails here and there. And I was essentially looking for ways to scale some of that outreach. So that's where I started looking at new technologies that would let me send several emails at a time and uh, you know helping me helping me uh, scale some of my outreach. So I got good at messaging and I got good at using technology. And my strategy was always this approach of semi-personalization where I can find a group of prospects that all have enough in common with them that when I would send out a message to this group, it would look like I was sending it to them and them alone, even though it was to several others just like them. That was always the balance I was looking to strike between personalization and scalability. And that philosophy served me well. It's, it's the strategy that helped me develop the outbound system that was implemented at several companies that I worked at. After doing it for uh, the third one, I made a little video outline of what I did, a little case study, sent it to 10 people in my network. Two became clients within a week or so. I realized I, you know, I had something. It was like a lot of anxiety building up to actually send that email. <laughs> Finally, when I, you know, it took me six months to send that email, and then after I sent it, I had a business, right? Like, <laughs> and you're like, why did I wait so long? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, 
that was three and a half years ago at this point. And I started just doing it as a side hustle for a year or so. And then finally, uh, you know, developed the confidence to go out on my own and have been doing that. And to date, I've worked with over a hundred different companies at this point, consultancies, agencies, software companies to help them perfect their messaging, perfect their outreach strategy and build their sales process. Which is so important, especially on LinkedIn. So that's how Stephen and I actually met was through our LinkedIn network. As you guys know, I'm huge about utilizing LinkedIn as part of your marketing strategy, your branding, and of course, your personal social media. I love LinkedIn because it is just one big online networking group. It's an amazing way to expand your network, create real value, and meet different individuals. And that's how Stephen and I got connected was through LinkedIn. I actually noticed he was doing some video marketing and he just helped me with some free advice when I was getting started. I said, hey, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I asked, but I just yeah. kind of got him a direct message, like really love the content. I see you get great engagement. I'm trying to grow on LinkedIn here. You know, what is your advice? I don't remember exactly what it was. And, and he just shared with me kind of an insider tip. And I realized there's like this whole world of LinkedIn marketing that is kind of an art and a science. And I really focused on growing LinkedIn through that. And then I really started to see what Steven was doing as far as there is so much more to LinkedIn than just, you know, growing your own social media network. And it has these really unique tools. And I really was looking for somebody to kind of help me navigate that. What do you think with LinkedIn makes it so different when it comes to social media marketing versus Instagram or YouTube or Facebook? Absolutely. And thanks for that, you know, origin story of how we met. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever tip I gave you, like you've eclipsed me a hundred X now with content and posts and I'm getting tips from you. So it's, <laughs> it's awesome to see and awesome to see you guys grow and be part of your story. But as far as LinkedIn goes and how it differentiates itself from every other platform, the main differentiator is that this is a place where businesses hang out exclusively almost, right? Yeah. It's the most highest value social network that anyone could use or leverage. Anytime you're using Facebook and Instagram, you're also just with everyone, right? Everybody uses it, but this is a social platform for professionals. You can filter people by titles, by roles. You want to pull up the Fortune 1000 list of CEOs, they're right there on LinkedIn. You want to connect with them and say hello, you can do that. Uh, of course, you better do it right because you're not the only one who's <laughs> thought of that idea. But these things are so readily and easily available and possible to do on this platform in a way that you can't do anywhere else, really. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, and you mentioned how you need to do that right. So I, I don't know. Justin doesn't struggle with this as much as I do within the agency, but I've always struggled with direct outreach or selling the agency or marketing comes natural, but selling or direct outreach and messaging like that can be difficult for me if I'm selling a product or a service and you said you better do it right. So what do you think is the importance? Like how do you structure a really good hook? Yeah. When you're getting started, especially, yeah. What does that look like or, or what should it look like ideally? Yeah. So for starters, I do want to say there are different personality types and different different strategies that work and different personality types and what people are comfortable with. You're a natural at building community and 
and creating engagement and just kind of having people come to you, Kelly, like you're really good at that. In part, that comes from an aversion to just doing direct outreach or, you know, things like that. But because of that, it's a strategy that just gets people to come with you. And it's really awesome and impressive and, and works. I've always been um, more of a to the point kind of guy, maybe because I've worked in sales roles. And I also know from my own experience selling B2B that in larger organizations, busy people, busy stakeholders, they want you to get to the point. Many of them aren't spending that much time on a platform like LinkedIn, although you know, plenty of them are, but far less than smaller businesses. You know, they're, they're not as much scrolling the feed constantly, but they are checking their messages, right? They are checking their inbox. So if you can craft that perfect hook, that perfect sentence or two that uh, can pique their interest, pique their attention, then you got them, right? And I'll give you an example of, you know, how you start doing that. I have a recent client in the employee benefits space, and that is a really difficult space to get traction because very few of them know how to differentiate themselves. There's a lot of people in that space selling 401ks, health, you know, health insurance, yes. other companies. They all kind of sound the same is, is the problem. So with this particular company, they were doing a couple of unique things. They, they were positioning themselves and messaging as the same thing. We'll save you money on your 401k. We'll reduce these costs, these sorts of things. But their product was actually pretty interesting once we dug in. And what was interesting about their product is that they had wealth coaches. They were geared more for millennials. They had wealth coaches to help people with investing and increase participation into 401ks. They had an app that they were developing. All these things they weren't talking about at all in their marketing. And even the language that I'm using, they weren't describing it in this way. But yeah. once we captured those things and we started talking about participation, engagement, millennials, wealth coaches, here's how we're, these sorts of things, decision makers at large companies never heard an employee benefits company speaking about it in that way. And that hook, they're getting about five, 10 appointments a week with massive, massive organizations, which is unheard of in the employee benefits. They look at me and they're like, dude, do you, like, I mean, they're younger. Can you, do you know what you just did? Like this is, he's, he's <laughs> been in the, he's been, yeah, he's been in employee benefits his entire career. And like, that just doesn't happen. Yep. And they also did their part by having a great list. That's the other part. It's the hook and the list. And they had a great list. They found a database of companies that already had a 401k that invested a certain amount. So we weren't just going blind messaging anyone. We were messaging the right people with this interesting approach. So what do you think now having spent a lot of time in the healthcare space, working with us um, in different B2B kind of outreach scenarios, as well as just kind of growth engagement in general, whether it's a med device salesperson or it's a business development guy for a telemedicine software, whatever it may be that's looking to really begin to leverage LinkedIn. Um, and you even alluded like Kelly's taking the the kind of growth reach and community style reached as kind of her sales pipeline and what's been effective for us. But you can be more tactical, like you said, straight to the point, especially with executives. What is some of your advice as kind of keeping it simple, but getting started? Is it getting started, just connecting and engaging? Like how do you, if you're sitting there on your keyboard and it's like, I don't even know where to get started with LinkedIn to make it, make it a resource for myself to grow my sales pipeline. What's your advice that you would have? For yeah. Someone? Again, it always partially depends on your 
personality, I would say, you know, like. So that's a key is figuring out what's going to work for you. In part, yeah. In part, what you're willing to do. Yep. I have trouble creating a lot of content consistently. I have trouble doing that. You know, Kelly's super good at it and, and she doesn't, she's building this audience. People are coming to her. That's awesome. I'm more kind of direct to the point. I don't mind, uh, potentially, uh, ruffling feathers if it may cause that. So that's more my personality. So that there is that element. And then there's sort of what's the best strategy for your business. Yep. In general, there is a framework I would say that people could and should follow. And that is foundationally be super clear on who your market is, yep. how you position yourself, what your messaging should be. Once you're clear on that, you optimize your profile for that market. The good picture, the right headline, the right banner, the yeah. about section, all of the companies, having a couple of posts, just talking about this stuff. Now you're set up to be in front of your market. Now that you're set up, you have to start building your list a little bit. Typically with most of our clients, we connect with around 50 to 100 new connects a day. Now those people are becoming part of their network. As they're becoming part of their network, they can see their content. You could also message them. The fastest track to getting appointments on your calendar is to use the inbox feature, is to find the right message, craft it, put it in front of your market. And if you get that right, a good chunk of them will reply yes and take an appointment with you. For us, we try to see at least one out of 20 say yes to an, of our target market, say yes to appointment, typically one out of 10. If we can do that, then we know we're on a good track for our clients to have a successful client and a campaign. Yeah, so that's one thing. Some uh, clients that we work with, they don't do that. They love creating content and they want to become influencers in their niche. And uh, that's what it's all about. Well, that's the next tier. You start creating a lot of content that positions you as an expert, that answers, that's engaging, that answers their question. And then there's all kinds of you know, LinkedIn technical things to make sure that it gets engagement. And as that starts to happen, you start to get inbounds and people coming to you. That's my opinion, when they all work together, that's super powerful, great profile, messaging and, and asking people for a call while the content is going like crazy. Those people are going to be warmer. You get inbounds. It's, it's really powerful in that way. But some people don't do the outreach at all. They just, they have the patience. If you have the patience to wait three, six months and keep creating great content and just connect, you're going to just start to get an inbound machine going. Oh, and I couldn't agree more. Definitely. I think it's interesting how you said what works for you and positioning yourself on LinkedIn for success when you're kind of navigating the world of direct outreach. I know that I've utilized LinkedIn and a lot of questions I'm getting right now, especially during this COVID craziness is what can I do? What can physicians do? What can physician liaisons do if they can't physically go in and meet with their referring communities or other physicians to still have engagement and virtual outreach? So for me, LinkedIn has been a tool that I used way before COVID to help me with my marketing and building engagement and interaction. And you mentioned positioning yourself. For anyone listening, I don't read messages from LinkedIn that just say hi or that don't have a profile photo or anything in the background, even though it could be someone who's super accomplished. It's just there's so much going on on LinkedIn. You really do need to invest that time in positioning your profile and optimizing it in a way that's going to draw attention. It's still a very competitive field. And people look at those things. And I think it's interesting that you said that. And when building your content, there's nothing better than having people accept it, 
find value from it and then engage with you and reach out to you for advice. But it definitely makes it a whole lot easier once you create consistent content and become an expert in that space to shoot over a message and say, hey, are you willing to jump on the phone to talk about this? So I like how you said when everything kind of works together is really the perfect piece, but it really does kind of, I guess, start with positioning your profile and and finding what works for you. And if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, maybe, you know, it's creating content in some other way, but I agree with you. It definitely starts with cleaning some things up, at least on the professional business profile. And if you want people to respond or have the credibility and not have to convince them, you want them to kind of not only be happy to jump on the phone, but who knows, you can learn some things in the process too. Absolutely. What do you think as far as connecting and direct outreach when it comes to LinkedIn that not only makes it so different than any other social media profile, but that makes it so unique right now, especially during COVID when we're talking about virtual outreach and why LinkedIn is just so superior yeah. <laughs> as far as connecting virtually? Yeah, it's a great question. It's like you kind of look at the, you know, the history of connecting with people. And 20, 30 years ago, it was all about the phone, right? You just call people and, you, you know, make 100 phone calls a day. Well, that's a lot harder now, not only because it's become a more saturated channel, but because no one's at the office, right? So you can't just call people. Yep. Going door to door also, right? Not possible right now. And then you think like, what about email, right? And email was the channel that I started with initially with my agency and my career, but that's also become, it still works, but it's also become super saturated. Spam is, you know, putting things in spam. Every email client does that now. Uh, it's just getting tougher and tougher. And part of why it's getting tougher and tougher is because all you see is a name and an email. It doesn't have this social component that LinkedIn does. Yep. So it's like LinkedIn is what email is right now in a lot of industries because you have that photo. You have something about yourself. You have some posts to share who you are. So that when you connect with someone, that act of connecting with someone and being positioned properly, that alone can generate opportunities for you because it's a subtle way of letting them know who you are and how you can help. So there's really nothing like it to right now, at least to get momentum and pick up for lost ground for a lot of uh, companies in, in the healthcare space that can't use their, the typical strategies. And I think as you alluded to that, it's kind of become that cold email, what cold email used to be, but it's even more effective because like you said, you can put a face to a name, you can have a soft introduction by them running into your content, all of that kind of stuff. But email is still one of the most valuable resources. But like you said, it's more about getting their email and bringing them into yeah. the fold by building trust. So if you can use LinkedIn to develop some type of relationship to get their email and then get them into a nurture sequence, a pipeline, those things, a lot of people in a lot of different industries, healthcare or online, or I mean, there's still so much value in email, but I think like you said, it's shifted. Yeah, I should clarify. It's like difference between cold a cold email to someone versus an opt-in where you're actually nurturing someone to something they agree to get emails to, that's a huge difference. And that's a massively valuable channel that's, that's your list. And that's where LinkedIn can come in is help you build that list um, versus where it, could, it was more kind of cold e- out, email outreach before. Well, and definitely with LinkedIn for me personally, 
I'm about building relationships with physicians and gathering insight and feedback. And it's really helped me when you helped me with my direct outreach and, and, and going out there is when I've created content that they listen to, that they follow, that they respect, that they utilize, they're way more willing to open their doors. I'm avoiding some typical challenges and hurdles that I would actually have in the field as a physician liaison or a marketer as far as getting past gatekeepers. Instead, all I had to do with the coaching and advice of you guys and your team at our sales academy was to, you know, position myself in a way that they would not only listen, but want to spend that time and talk with me. And I think that's totally different than email. You just cannot get that kind of exposure via email or without some kind of lengthy introduction about who you are and trying to show all your cards on why they should spend this time with you. Instead, you, you just deliver value first and hopefully they understand that value and want to talk. Absolutely. So I've got a question. I mean, we're, this is kind of the, uh, a little bit of a debut of the uh, kind of the sales course, the LinkedIn sales course that to be named that, but that we're all working on together and really excited about putting together. So we'll have more info there, but, and I'm curious too, is you mentioned 50 to hundred connections a day as kind of being proactive and growing it answer the debate for me is should you personalize a message or should you not? Is it a, is it kind of a way, I wouldn't call it a waste of time, but it's obviously a, a it's much more cons- time consuming to write a personalized message for yeah. connection. What's the debate? If you're going after 50 to a hundred a day, is it worth it? What should you do there? Yeah. I think that 95% of the time it's not, it's worth testing. Like when we start with clients, we usually test with sending a message versus not and oftentimes the not message, the connections we send without a message perform better than the ones with. And I think that's in part because so many people are sending messages that aren't great. So they just associate <laughs> messages with this guy is not going to be great. Either. Yeah. Like it's already started. I haven't even accepted this connection yet. <laughs> it's weird that, that that shift has happened. And I'd also say that, uh, you know, if your headline, what they do see when you connect without a message is your photo a headline and that and your title, I guess, and the company you work for, that's it. So if you've got that primed well and you're targeting a certain market, then they'll likely accept because they'll see you as a peer, you know, they, they won't know. So that's my, my take. Um, yeah, it's worth testing. It's always worth testing. So I don't want to say that's a firm thing. It does depend, but for the most part, if you just want to quick, easy answer, just start connecting with people. And, and, and if your profile's done well, you're going to see success with, with a lot of connections. Well, my least favorite is when I get the connections. Um, and it's just because my inbox isn't dated, but I don't like when I connect with someone and says, Hey, I see we have some mutual connections and I just want synergies. I just, oh yeah, actually that is the worst. <laughs> that, that just made me angry thinking about it. But if, Hey, we have mutual connections. I saw we have synergies. I'd love to jump on a call. I personally don't like those messages when I'm connecting with someone for the first time and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's almost like, okay, if they're going to send me that on the initial connection, then I'm about to get about four more messages by tomorrow. (laughs) Am I wrong? What do you think? No, you're not alone. I think that's what a lot of people think. And that's why those messages perform worse. I do notice that sometimes if you can, if you can be a little out of the box and make it relevant to the title, like sometimes I found that, um, 
like we went after employee benefits people and like we made the connection message like you know hi frank employee benefits is a space that i'm working closely with it or something like that just them seeing that them because right. when you have that message and if it doesn't start with a, you know i came across your <laughs> it starts with their actual name of their industry yeah. and then it's like whoa okay this guy just reading that maybe there's something here he knows my industry that could work to have a higher connection rate like just breaking patterns of what people are used to and being relevant are two great ways to improve connection rates. And that's something you really helped me with as far as building my own community and and learning how to make effective messaging. I think you helped me realize that I could connect easier by just letting them know what is the connection between the two of us and how I just want to network and connect. And I think that's really important that you just mentioned that too, just making it a little bit more personalized without making it too fluffy. Um, and I, I wanted to talk, um, it's, it's kind of in the same vein, what we've been talking about the whole time, but it even goes back to kind of the course that we set down and started brainstorming about creating, especially with the work that you and Kelly have done and have done for our agency. And I think I've seen almost a mandatory shift to it with COVID. And even we've been kind of saying it for years, but I think that this has been for far too long um, a non-focus of sales teams. They've been relying for so long on the traditional boots on the ground and not to say that's not effective. There's multi, multi, multi billion dollar organizations and organizations inside of those organizations that, that do hundreds of millions of dollars a year in annual revenue sales wise. But now that's been shut down. They've been kind of grounded and they're trying to figure out how to social sell and I think um, it's important, and I would love your thoughts on it, Steve. Moving forward, I think the VPs of business development, the VPs of marketing need to start integrating social selling almost as a training facet and part of their kind of sales program. Because the more of their sales associates they can get adopting this, I only think it'll make them more effective in a digital age, but it also will broaden the brand awareness when you have so many more people in your organization that are active on LinkedIn, disseminating the same information and doing the same things. But it's not really happening right now as far as what I see is you got a lot of organizations that they'll train you on how to use their CRM and how to go out and hand out brochures, but they're not training you on how to be an effective social seller. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We're seeing it ourselves, you know, you and myself and Kelly, we've been having a lot of conversations around just seeing the shift in healthcare now of organizations realizing the importance of social selling, of going on LinkedIn, connecting with people. And for the first time, you know, it's always been in the back of their mind, but now it's at the forefront of their mind. Yeah. That's, you know, good for Jeff Weiner, founder of LinkedIn, and also, you know, good for them for realizing that I think the the companies that step up to the plate now and, and take advantage of what's available for them on the platform are going to be the ones who establish a foothold that are going to see the most success. And that's the main reason that, you know, we're even talking about this, that we're creating this course is to help people make that transition. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I couldn't imagine like a several years ago, like if I had invested in it, like even early on in the agency, but even much less when I was like still kind of out in the the um, workforce out of college is having that as a resume thing as far as that adding that to your arsenal as a good salesperson or a marketing person or even a C-suite individual of like, I'm really good 
at social selling. I know how to connect with people and how to build communities because there's still, even, even now, there's not many people highly effective with that that have that kind of on their resume as a skill set that they're building. And like I even have a family friend that's building out a sales team in the Southeast and they came to me and asked, I was like, honestly, this sets up well for social selling and then you need one guy to get started. You're not having to send like all these people distributed out through the Southeast trying to go sell auto dealerships and all this stuff. You get one guy, you build really good pipelines that's really good at social selling and he can do the work of what used to be 10 people. Absolutely. You do it even more effectively. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's amazing. The power of leverage. So Stephen, how do you see LinkedIn and direct outreach and utilizing these amazing filters on LinkedIn for the healthcare world and companies like medical device companies? And how do you predict they could use it during COVID and of course, as they move forward in their marketing efforts? How do I view things changing as, as we go through this? Yeah, do you think more will adapt this idea? Or do you think that it's an underutilized tool right now, kind of a secret in the healthcare world? I think that absolutely, yeah. I, I think that it's still a little bit of a secret that's becoming less and less of a secret. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's becoming less and less of a secret, but it's still early days that you know the folks who take advantage and, and really get going on this platform are going to succeed. Yeah, I just, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's been a, a, a huge shift. Um, and I do think for all the listeners out there, it's definitely time to start figuring out kind of what your journey, whether you want to call it social selling or storytelling or whatever it is. And I think a lot of physicians, whether it may be wanting to sell something, they're a medical director of something that makes sense to sell, or it's just about becoming a thought leader in their surgical space that they're in is starting to think through what do I want? What am I most comfortable with? Like we talked about earlier, um, how do I want to position myself? What type of content do I want to create? All of that kind of stuff. Because you start doing it now when it still is really in its infancy of what I think it will be in three years or five years, you're going to have a really big audience and a really effective pipeline, I think, by then. And uh, before we hop off, why don't you tell them a little bit, Kelly, about kind of the little short preview of the course and we'll have a lot more information that'll be coming out that you and Steve are working on. Yeah, definitely. So Steven and I are collaborating together. I'm going to use his wisdom with LinkedIn and we're going to contribute to a course that will be open. It will be a healthcare focused course at first, helping the healthcare community learn how to use LinkedIn as an effective tool for marketing for sales and of course coaching them through the hardest steps and that can be content creation, connecting with others, creating value and supporting one another. And Stephen, do you have anything to add? Of course, he will be helping with exact direct messaging on how to be effective and how you can utilize it. But I want him to explain a little bit more about what he's going to be diving into. Absolutely. So I'm going to be diving into really what my specialty is, which is immediate results for those that are looking to build their pipeline quickly. So a lot of that entails, above all else, figuring out how to position yourself and how to craft the right couple of sentences, right? Two or three sentences, it doesn't take more, and the right strategy of getting those in front of the right people in order to get people to respond and you know, in such a way that they can't help but respond because it's 
their job to respond with a yes for that, right? And then if you can find a way to do that and build that level of intrigue, then you can generate a lot of appointments and opportunities quickly. And that's what I'm going to be focusing on and, and uh, sharing my knowledge around. And as a outsider looking in from helping kind of architect the the site and that stuff and watching you two, what I'm really excited about is what's out there is the strengths that you both have with Kelly's focus on content and kind of visibility growth and engagement and how good you are at the outreach um, process and then defining your message and using the tools that LinkedIn provides. Um, I'm really excited because it's going to kind of be a blend of both of those worlds on how to really effectively build thought leadership, reach, connections, sales, all of that kind of stuff. It's going to be really, really cool to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very excited about myself. And yeah, and our idea is to keep this super simple for you guys. And we are sharing all our secrets. We're absolutely showing you everything that we use, the tools, the resources, and how we get it done. So it's definitely in depth and we are super excited. So last question of the podcast, what is your advice for anyone deciding to start their LinkedIn journey? My biggest advice is to start at the beginning. Really, really understand the platform, the psychology behind it, and how to not become just another person who wants to find synergies with their mutual connections, right? How to stand out and do LinkedIn differently and do it properly for yourself and for your market with the right strategy so that you can get great results. Well, thank you so much for joining, Steve. There's just so much wisdom here and we'll have a lot more of this coming out. And We'll make sure too to have the um, inside the show notes um, all the ways that people can get connected with you and, and find out more about you and if they're interested in growing their uh, LinkedIn sales funnel to make sure that they're able to get connected with you. Thank you so much for joining and we should have some more episodes coming soon as we talk more about the power of LinkedIn. And for any of you healthcare professionals out there interested in learning more about LinkedIn, make sure to check out Stephen's website and Stay tuned for more content coming your way. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.